Well, good morning. My name is Brian. I'll be your waiter this morning. It is a delight to be back with you today. I am grateful for the opportunity to uh, preach the Word of God anywhere, but it's always good to come back to some place that's a little familiar after being with you a few uh, Sundays this summer. Uh, it's an honor to be back with you this morning. I appreciate uh, Brother Chuck, uh, his friendship to me, uh, long time, 20, 25 years we've known one another, so I know you're enjoying getting to know him and Charlene as they serve you well, and uh, you'll be in prayer for him as he's preaching this morning at uh, Wakefield Central at homecoming there across the way where he was interim before, so uh, excited for him to have that opportunity and excited to be with you this morning as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, so turn on or turn in your Bibles uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning as we'll, we'll dive into that in just a moment. I'll give you a moment to find it. Uh, just a reminder of who I am. I do serve here locally, uh, the North Carolina Baptists, Baptist State Convention of North Carolina is the, the full title of that, as you know so well, with Brother Milton Hollifield as our executive director treasurer. We're uh, honored to have him leading us. He is a man of God, a man of faith, and a man of prayer, and we are, we are just delighted. I am delighted to serve under his leadership, and uh, serving uh, you uh, as one of our churches as I go across the state uh, talking about disciple making. What does it mean to be uh, about the business of being disciples who make disciples? What does it mean to share the gospel with folks? What does it mean to help people grow in maturity in Christ? And what does it mean to be joining Christ on his mission? This morning in this text, we may see a little bit of all of that as we read it together. So if you found 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 12, we'll start there. If you would stand, if you, if you are able, in the honor of the reading of God's Word, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. <clears throat> Paul the Apostle writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ... Even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And we join the apostle in saying thanks to you that your word, this gospel has spread everywhere. And Father, may we, may we understand our role as incense bearers, as those who carry the fragrance of the gospel of Christ everywhere on mission with you. Be glorified in this Morning, I pray you'd speak to our hearts and we would respond in obedience. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. 
Well, it was the smell that got me. About two weeks ago, I was with my daughter at a high school volleyball tournament. She's a senior this year, so we are rejoicing in this retirement tour, if you will. She's not going to play in college, so we're just kind of taking in every moment of the senior season in volleyball. We were at a, an invitational tournament at Liberty University up in Lynchburg, Virginia, a couple of weeks ago, and they were playing there on several courts. If you've ever been to a, a girls' volleyball tournament, you know there's games going on everywhere. It's noisy. It's crazy. There's a lot going on, and, and I went into that tournament going in and out of that gymnasium several times during the day, and I just got tired of taking the long way. You know, there, there's a route they tell you to go through to get to the gym, and it was just a maze. We had to go through the fitness center, and there was gym uh, weight, weightlifting equipment, and, and it was just a long way to walk. And my knees were sore, and I was tired, and I realized that the boys' locker room had an entrance from the outside into the gym, and that if I took a shortcut through the locker room, I could get to the courts quicker. It was the smell that got me. (laughs) I went into that locker room, and immediately I was once again a seventh grade boy. I was a seventh grade boy full of all the insecurities, A boy who was a little chunky. In fact, uh, when we went to shop for blue jeans at the old Sears and Roebuck, you remember the Sears and Roebuck, there were were sizes that they had for jeans. There were those tough skin jeans my mom loved because if if I wore a hole in the knee, we could return them and get a free pair. Those those days are gone, but, but that's what we wore in my household. And And I made good on that guarantee several times for my mom. But there were sizes. There was the regular size. And then there was the size for kids like me. Husky. And so so that smell of that gymnasium, that locker room, took me back to seventh grade. I was a a seventh grade boy, insecure, trying to find my place, and for whatever reason it possessed me, Mr. Campisi, Mr. C as we called him, the coach, had said, all of you boys that want to, you can come out early for intramural cross country. Now why in the world my husky seventh grade self thought that cross country was the sport for me, I don't know. But I can remember 6.30 in the morning on those 40 degree mornings as we had relocated from Georgia up to upstate New York running this cross-country route. We would would go and we would run uh, across the field of the school back through the trees. There was a wooded trail and it was about a quarter of the way in that my lungs would start burning. That cold air felt like fire on my lungs. And I would, I would end up walking through the trees hoping nobody would see me. And then when we'd come across that, that last turn, I would run with all of my might to the finish line and collapse there. And Mr. Mr. C wouldn't let us lie down. He would say, no, walk around, put your hands up on your head so that your lungs can expand and fill. And then we'd go back into that locker room. 
Why is it that a smell for a 49-year-old man can immediately take me back 30-plus years? 35-plus years. What is it about a scent? Now, some of you are saying that's not a pleasant scent. It's not a pleasant scent. But it has pleasant memories to me of a time in my life when I was searching for something. And a time in my life when God was working. What is it about an aroma, an odor, a smell? Did you know that God created the nose to be able to distinguish over one trillion different smells? God, in His, in His brilliance, in His wisdom, in His intelligence design, this one, one feature alone should prove that there is an intelligent designer. Our noses are created to distinguish one trillion different smells. And scientists have shown that just like me, when I walked into that locker room two weeks ago, just like me, the, the sense of smell is the one that is tied closest to memory. Let me tell you about a, a more pleasant smell. Whenever I smell a gardenia flower, I think of my grandmother who wore that jungle gardenia perfume. And when she would hug me, that scent would just waft from her. When I smell gardenias in the summer, I think of my grandmother. When I smell those cookies baking, I think of Christmas. Smells trigger memories. Aromas are important. So it's no surprise, it should be no surprise to us, that in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul uses this metaphor of aroma to describe our mission in Jesus Christ. Paul is preaching or writing to a, a people, the church in Corinth. One of two letters that we have in the New Testament from Paul to Corinth. He, he likely wrote a couple of more. We're, we're not sure for certain, but two of those letters inspired by the Holy Spirit landed in the New Testament. And Paul is writing to justify once again for these people his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And in that, he's giving an account of where he had been. And he talks about going one place to Troas, but being led to another place, to Macedonia. And he says in that, thanks be to God. And with that, he describes for us his, his missionary team being led by God and that wherever they go, this aroma of Christ is present with them. And in doing so, he also reminds us as followers of Jesus Christ that we are also the aroma of Christ and we are called to be on his mission, diffusing that fragrance everywhere we go. So, so let's look at this text. We're going to start in verse 14, though I read in verse 12. It just That sets up his introduction. He was supposed to go one place to preach the gospel, then he goes to another place and he says, thanks be to God that wherever I go, whether it be in Troas or whether it be in Macedonia, thanks be to God that wherever we go, He leads us. He always leads us. 
And he says this, Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Now, it's another metaphor that Paul is using here that, that may not be familiar to us, but it would have been extremely familiar to his readers as he talks about this triumphal procession. He's talking about a parade, a victory parade. And, and in this victory parade that was quite common in the Roman Empire, the victor would come in to the city after being at battle. That emperor, that king, or that general would be led in procession into the city for a triumphal procession. And there were several elements in this procession. There would be the army that he had led would come in with him into procession. But there would also be the captives, those he had taken prisoners, specifically a king or that king's armies, those leaders of the nation that he had conquered would be part of the parade. They'd be led out as slaves, as captives in chains in front of the victorious leader. And then right before the leader, right before that victor, would be incense bearers. They, they, they would come in with their, with their incense burning and the scent of these aromas filling the air. And those that were watching the parade would have this aroma precede the one who was triumphant. So everyone would, would have a, a full sensory experience at the parade. They would, they would hear the sounds of the cheers and the triumph and the trumpets they would see with their eyes the, the victor, but also those who had been vanquished. And they would smell with their nostrils this pleasant aroma that accompanied the conqueror. That's the picture that the audience would have had in mind that Paul is using to describe this picture of Jesus Christ. And he says it this way. He says, Thanks be to God who leads us in Christ, always leads us in triumphal procession. And he, he gives the picture here and he describes this incense bearing as what our role is, as what, as what Paul's role is. He says he leads us and through us, still in verse 14, through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Paul understands his mission. Paul understands that whether he's gone to Troas, as he intentionally planned, or whether he goes to Macedonia, which he ends up doing, wherever he goes, he has a job to do. He goes before Christ, Christ as the victor, going in triumphant procession. He goes before Jesus Christ as an incense bearer, if you will, spreading this aroma of the gospel of Jesus Christ to proclaim Him everywhere so that the knowledge of Jesus fills the city He goes to. That's what He understands His mission to be. And then He, he gives it clearly in verse 15 for us to understand what He's talking about. He says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Now, it's important for us to understand what he says there. He says here that there are actually three different, different parties to whom the scent goes to. Look at verse 15. See if you can pick out these parties. Who is the first party that 
will smell this aroma. He says, we are the aroma of Christ to God. So the first one who smells this aroma is God Himself. We are the aroma of Christ to God. And then he goes on and he says, also to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. So, so our scent goes out three ways. It goes first up to God, and then it goes outward and is, and is smelled by those who A, will be saved by this aroma of the message, and also B, by those who will smell this aroma and are perishing. But note that the first one who is to be the recipient of this aroma is Christ Himself. Paul goes on to explain it in verse 16. He says, to one, to those who are perishing, it's a fragrance of death to death. But to the other, those who are being saved, it is a fragrance of life to life. Now, there are two words for this idea of smell here, and the English translations don't really help us. And that, there's a problem here in translation. Um, I don't usually get down into the weeds of Bible translation when I'm, when I'm trying to preach because I think that can be counterproductive for us, but I have to at this point because we have a problem. Some of our English translations translate these words opposite. So there are two words in most of our English translations that are used for scent or odor here. One is aroma and one is fragrance. The problem is some of, the, some of the translations flip the two and how they're used. So, so here's all you need to know. In verse 15, the word that is used there, we are the aroma, or your, your translation might say fragrance. The NIV says sweet smelling. We are the aroma of Christ to God. That is a word that, that adds a quality to the kind of, kind of smell. It says it's a beautiful aroma. So to God... Our message, our mission is a beautiful smelling thing. But then the second word he uses, the word he uses in verse 16, is the word fragrance, which is a neutral kind of smell. It can smell good or it can smell bad. Now, you know, like the boys' locker room. I don't know if anybody thinks the boys' locker room smells good, but it certainly brings back different memories. If you played on a championship football team, you, you have that odor in mind, and it might bring back good memories for you. Some of us wouldn't like that smell no matter what the case was. It's, it's, a, it's a scent. Some people find it pleasant. Some people find it repulsive. It's in the nose of the beholder, if you will. But the first word means that our lives, our message, our mission, regardless, is pleasing to the Lord. In His nostrils, our obedience to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, our love for Him is a pleasant aroma. He loves to have us on mission. To God, we are always a sweet smell because of the Christ who is in us. And, and make no mistake here, what, what Paul is trying to help us understand here is He is the main audience for our lives. He is the main audience for our lives. When that parade was going through ancient Rome, 
the audience for the parade was the victor, the one that was in the middle of the parade. It was for him. And the incense was merely there to cast light onto the victor. In the same way, our lives are a pleasing aroma to the Lord as we cast light onto Him to all those around us. But, but then he goes on and he says, while, we're, while we are a sweet smell to God, to others, we can be perceived one way or the other. He says, to one class of people, we smell like death. The message we carry smells like death because they have not yet received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they hear that there is only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ Himself, to those who do not receive that message, it is a sentence of death. But to the others, those who have embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ, to those who understand that it is by repentance of our sins and placing our faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved, this gospel message is a sweet, sweet aroma. It smells differently. We please Christ as we go on mission. Just like Jesus said, you can't hide a lamp under a bushel, we should not keep the aroma of Christ contained in our lives. So, so what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do with our lives? Well, you know, we're probably not used to seeing incense decanters in our church traditions, right? But there is something that might be familiar to some of you. Have any of you seen one of these? Anybody recognize this? Some of the ladies are nodding their heads. You know what this is, right? I borrowed this from my wife. This is called a diffuser. And, and the diffuser is used with these wonderful things right here called essential oils. Some of you are familiar with this, right? And, and you place a drop or two of the essential oil into the diffuser, add water, and turn it on, and ladies, what happens to your house? It's transformed automatically, right? You have all of the, the invigorating powers of those oils. That, that scent diffuses throughout the whole household. And it brings health and good feelings to all around when you smell whatever that scent is. And This is lemongrass. I'm told that's a really good one to help you feel at peace and calm in your home. You can, there's all kinds of different oils you can buy. But the principle is you add the oil to the diffuser and it diffuses throughout the whole household. Really what this text is telling us is that that's our role. That's our role as followers of Jesus Christ. We are called to diffuse. We, we are given the aroma of Christ and we are called to spread that aroma wherever we go. So, so when we talk about who's your one, when, when you have written down a name and committed to pray for one person who doesn't know Jesus Christ, your role in that person's life is not to save them. Okay, now let me be very clear about that. Your role is not to save them. Nobody saves anybody except God Himself. He is the author of salvation. Your role is to diffuse the Gospel. Your role is to spread the scent and the aroma of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. 
the, the results of that scent, that aroma in the individual's life are up to that individual's response to the Holy Spirit. And so perhaps, perhaps in the nostrils of the one you're praying for, that scent is not pleasant because you're telling them the truth about something they don't want to hear. But, but by prayer and by trust in the Lord, it's our prayer that that, that that aroma, that scent that you diffuse in their lives of the gospel of Jesus Christ becomes that thing that they respond to and they find sweet and pleasant and surrender their lives in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. It's not your job to determine how they respond to the scent. It's your job to diffuse the scent of the gospel. And that's why who's your one is so important. That's why it's not just about putting a name down and passing it to the side. It's because someone in your life you know needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And if you don't diffuse the gospel, who will? That's why you do things like a fall festival. You do things like a, a fall festival not just to give out candy to your neighbors, not just to show that you're a good citizen in your community, you do the fall festival in the hopes that your whole congregation for one night becomes an aroma of Jesus Christ to the surrounding community. And as you're out there loving on your neighbors, showing them that you care, showing you them that this church is a safe place for them that loves them, that the aroma of the gospel will waft over and over from you into your surrounding neighborhood and they will smell the scent of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it will please them and they will respond in repentance and faith to the Lord. That is the purpose for our mission. It's our mission to be a diffuser. One who diffuses the aroma of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that's our job. It's not our job to determine how they respond to the scent. It's our job to diffuse the scent. So why don't we diffuse? Why is it that we have taken this scent and we keep it, well, we keep it bottled up? Why do we take this, this aroma of the gospel and we keep it bottled up in our lives. Well, there may be a lot of reasons, but I, I can think of at least two. These are application points. They're not exactly from this text, but, but I think they are they're points of why we keep the gospel bottled up. Number one, we've forgotten ourselves. We've lost our scent of the beauty of the gospel. I think there may have been a time in your life when the gospel was a pleasing aroma in your nose. But over time, that sense of smell has waned. Maybe you've gotten far away from being around that scent. Maybe you're not in the Word of God like you need to be. Maybe you're not in prayer like you need to be. Maybe you've gotten used to going through the motions of what it means to be a churchgoer and you've Forgotten the smell of what it is to really worship the Lord. Maybe you've lost your sense of smell. And the good news is, today you can return to Him and, and once again embrace the aroma of Jesus Christ. The second reason I think we don't 
waft the gospel, why we keep it bottled up, is I think we're afraid that we're going to stink to everybody. See, I think we think that uh, we have, out of our brokenness, we, we don't have anything good to offer somebody. You say, well, Brian, you, you don't know my life, and, and if I were to, were to try to share the gospel, uh, my brokenness is such that, that I would not do a good job of that. My, my life is such that it would not be pleasing to those around me. It, I wouldn't be a good representative of the gospel. A friend, I encourage you today that the very best thing you can be to waft out the odor, if you will, of the gospel of Jesus Christ is broken. You see, that's what we see in the gospels. If you remember, there was a story about a, a woman who came to anoint Jesus' feet. And she had a, an expensive perfume in a bottle, an alabaster jar. And the Gospel tells us that it was in the breaking of that jar that the scent of this perfume filled the house. You see, it's in our brokenness that the aroma of Christ can really come through. That's what, that's what Paul alludes to in 2 Corinthians 4, the next chapter over, where he says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. And the way that treasure comes out is through our brokenness. You see, we're called to be incense diffusers. We don't diffuse because, one, we've lost our sense of smell, or two, we don't believe we can carry the fragrance because of our brokenness. Your life contains the aroma of Christ. Your life is a beautiful scent to God, not because of you, but because of Christ in you. You're not the one who brings the aroma. You're just the diffuser. You're just the vessel in which the aroma of Christ is contained. It's Christ that is the aroma. He's the fragrance. You're the diffuser. So Paul understood his mission. Paul understood that wherever he went, whether it was where he thought he was going or whether it's where the Spirit of the Lord led him, his job was to lead, be led by Christ to diffuse the aroma of Christ to those around So what's your role? Your role is to diffuse. So do your role. With your one that you're praying for, diffuse. In a couple of weeks at a fall festival, diffuse. When you are with people that you know are far from God, diffuse. When you look out to your neighbors, diffuse. Allow the aroma of Christ in you to become a smell in their nostrils. How they receive it, that's with the Lord. But your role is to diffuse. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the simple message this morning that we are called uh, to be incense bearers for You. That we are called to precede You. 
that we are called to carry this fragrance of the gospel where we go. And Lord, that our lives, because of Christ, are a pleasant smell in your nostrils, Father. Thank you for that gift. Lord, I pray you'd help us to reclaim our scent, reclaim our sense of smell, reclaim our desire to be on mission with you. And Father, may we go about diffusing the aroma of Christ to those in our lives. In just a moment, uh, Brother Mark will be down front to receive you at the invitation. It's our prayer today that you would respond in faith and obedience to Jesus Christ. Perhaps this morning you have realized that you don't know what that scent is in your own life. If that's the case, I would invite you to come forward and allow us to share with you how you can embrace this God who loves you. Maybe you want to join this church and become a part of this fellowship so that you can be part of the mission to serve this community. Or maybe there are other needs in your life that you need to share. However the Lord's leading you, you respond in faith this morning. Quietly and reverently, let's stand as we sing together.